This is the Wounded Tiger. I'm your host, Alex, and tonight I'm joined by Sean, John Ford, and Paul Katz. Goody who? Say hello, gentlemen. What's up? Big sexy in the house. Hello. <laughs> All right. Um, so the Bengals faced the soon-to-be renamed Washington football team. I've heard they narrowed it down to three names. Uh, they did a little PR kind of you know publication whatever and did not reveal the three names that they no narrowed leaks, it down to no leaks and i haven't been privy to any leaks uh but yeah they got three names that they've narrowed it down to and they will announce their new name soon yay can't wait uh so we faced them on friday and the final score was 17 to 13 in form of the in favor of the formerly racist mascotted team from the nation's capital not the funnest game to watch but again it's preseason and we knew not to expect anything fun uh, but let's kick it off talking about our starting quarterback for that night, Sean uh, Brandon Allen. He is our number two quarterback, and I know you felt that he looked pretty good against Tampa Bay. I think you even predicted he might get two touchdown passes against the football team. Um, he was rough, though, eight for 17 for 70 yards, and he had some passes that he later said in the interview they went awry. You know, he wasn't really hitting his mark. Some of them were dropped by our, our, our old friend Uno. Jamar Chase, are you overly concerned about our backup quarterback situation, Sean? Uh, I wouldn't say overly concerned, but if if we have to rely on Brandon Allen for anything, then it's the lost season. <laughs> so, no, I did predict he'd get two touchdowns. I think he's decent. Uh, he's better than our third string quarterback, which I bet will come up at some point. Um, <laughs> you talking Shermer? Yeah, but. Uh, no, I mean I wouldn't be overly concerned if the, if if we have to rely on Brandon Allen at all. That means that Joe Burrow is not playing, and that's not good. That reminds me of like a quote from Peyton Manning's old coach in Indianapolis, and they're like, "Why don't you give reps to your second stringer?" And the coach is like, "Well, if Peyton Manning gets hurt, we're fucked. <laughs> so Dungey? why even practice?" Tony Dungy said that. No, it was like the offensive coordinator. Uh, okay. But he's like, why would we practice for that? Our season's over as soon as Peyton Manning gets hurt. So that's kind of where you got to be at with Burrow. Yeah, same situation here. He is our franchise. That said, uh, it is concerning that our offense was not able to move the ball that well against uh, Washington. Um, so I do think overall our offense has been very underwhelming in the first two preseason games. You would hope that even second and third string guys would be able to execute the systems and whatnot. So, what system? Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> Zach Taylor, 10-point <laughs> plan for victory? Exactly. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, what I am concerned about is not our backup QB situation. I'm just concerned about our overall offensive scheme. We definitely sputtered. You know, we started what was penalty on the first play or second play. I mean, we, we definitely came out of the gates limping. Yeah, and I think I was at one point near the end of the second quarter, Washington had eight first downs. We had one. I think it's just very indicative of how ugly it was on our end. Yeah, I mean, all preseason our offense has definitely been the second of the two teams, defense and offense. Um, special teams, you know, we've been good, actually, uh, maybe. Point of praise there. Good field goals from from our guy McPherson. Good returns from Phillips. Yeah. R.I.P. Fat Randy. 
Hey, he's never rest in peace, you fat bastard. Rest in power in in Detroit, guys. Come on, hold on now. I thought he played in New Orleans. (laughs) What's the Rackers update this week? Uh, Rackers coming out of retirement for the week three of the preseason. Yeah, there's actually a Southeast Asia American Football League now, and he's playing in Thailand. He's. I think he's going to be on our Ring of Honor week one. <laughs> no, didn't he fight me, no, Manny Pacquiao last weekend? <laughs> yeah, yeah he could only kick and Pacquiao could only punch. <laughs> Where's Rackers? That's going to be our weekly update. Uh, <laughs> so, Paul, um, one of the not-so-happy parts of that game was Jamar Chase. I uh, alluded to it earlier when I talked about Brandon Allen's lack of success, but our number five draft pick dropped all three of the passes that came his way on Friday. And it begs the question, does Chase have the yips? Why can't he catch that good? Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> Definitely has full yips. He's a bust already. Wow. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it it's preseason. So. Who fucking knows? If he, if, if I see him drop a bunch of burrow passes, then sure, maybe we have something to be concerned about. But until Burrow's in there, you don't really know what Chase is going to look like. So even though the ball's hitting him in on his hands, at least I'd, I'd say of those three passes, I don't know. Did 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 you? I don't know if you watched. I tuned in in the okay. second half. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. The Reds so were did, on. He so he didn't see. <laughs> no, I didn't. Jamar Chase's three drops. I didn't I, see him. Well, Except then, for the highlights. Did you see the highlights? No, I did not look at any highlights from that Perfect, game. perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> well, so to describe them, he kind of short-armed pretty much all three of them. Uh, maybe the the first one was a little bit behind him, and he just didn't quite get it. But the second two, it seemed like he short-armed them because he was like there was people coming at him. That's what, that's what I saw. The, the first pass for me, it was kind of one of those, if he catches it, it's not even a good thing. Honestly, you'd probably rather just make the drop because he might have gotten tackled for a loss. The momentum was going the wrong way. He, he made the wrong turn. And then I'd say of the second two, one, definitely his fault, hit his hands, and he dropped. The other one was a little behind him. So All the evidence points to him being pretty sure-handed. I'm not worried until he actually dropped his pass, drops passes in the regular season. The preseason doesn't matter. Who cares? doesn't count for shit. Yeah. Why are we even talking about this? Pretty no, sure right. Jeff Hobson wrote that he had uh, glue for hands on Monday at training camp. <laughs> I mean, if he turns into John Ross 2.0, then yeah, oh. it's going to be a problem. But I don't, I don't that. see that. I, like, I used to watch him at LSU, and he was awesome. He caught everything, so I'm not super worried. Old Hobby said he looked like Jerry Rice today. <laughs> <laughs> if Jeff Hobson says he looks like Jerry see, Rice. Hawks, Jerry Rice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to rest easy uh, with that one. AJ Green, Carl Pickens. I think if you only consumed information from Jeff Hobson, you would think the Bengals have won like 14 straight Super Bowls. <laughs> it felt like it when I was 25. <laughs> Dude is, he is quite the spinner of propaganda. He's impressive. He's impressive. I actually, so not only do I read his uh, writing from oh, time wow. to time, but um, He's a frequent guest on the Bengals Booth podcast, which is the Dan Horde, uh, mostly Dan Horde, and a lot of times Dave Lapham uh, podcast. And they interview Jeff Butch Hobson, as they call him. Hey, Butchie. <laughs> His nickname's Butch. His nickname's Butch. Of course it is. God. I know he has like a New He's York from New England. Me. No, it's New England. Boston. 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 And it's, it's kind of funny. He has a hard time pronouncing certain players' names. Like who? Oh, gosh. How does he, he say... P. Ryan. He How doesn't do you- even try Ogunjobi. Oh. He won't. 
he won't even attempt it. So what does he call him? He's like, oh, and Larry, uh, Larry out there was looking pretty good. Like he just goes first names and yeah. who did he screw up? Uh, I think did he mess up Dante Smith? Is it uh, actually Deontay. I don't? Is it Deontay or Dante? I mean, there's a apostrophe, so I sure. think it's Deontay. Yeah, I think a lot of people assume it's Deontay, or maybe they do know, but he he just went right over that, went for Dante. Um, I just say number seventy-two. There you go. There you go. Seventy-two out there look good. He just can't master Jonah Williams. <laughs> Jonah's too hard for Hobson. All right, guys. Well, we are gonna check in with a longtime fan and listener of the show, uh, Marky the Shark. He said he's got something to say about our uniforms, and so I want to check in with him on that. Hello. Is this Mark the Shark? It's Marky Sharky. What's going on? <laughs> Marky Sharky, you are live on Wounded Tiger. And oh, uh, nice. yeah, man, just wanted to check in with you. Um, I know you've been asking, blowing up our group chat about the uniforms. You've been anxiously awaiting them for months now, ever since it was announced that we were getting the uniforms. Um, I, on one hand, I, I couldn't care less, had no interest, but Marky, you texted every day, I think. Oh, can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him. And I, I think it was you mm-hmm. that said you liked the uh, Marty Brenneman jerseys. I don't know if that was you or, or someone else, but uh, uh, I think that might've been Dino <laughs> talking about Marty Brenneman. Marty I wasn't Brenneman speculation. Immaculate. <laughs> we'll have you to know. post those for those who, who, who didn't see them. I think they, the numbers on the helmets were like floating. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. It was bad. It was Microsoft yeah. paint stuff. Um, yeah. But Mark, Mark the shark. Now we've seen two different color combos in our preseason action. The, black tops and the white pants against Tampa. And we saw the white tops with the black pants against Washington. And I want to know, man, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And what do you think now that you've seen him in person, live lined up on the line in action in the field, what are your thoughts? Uh, and, and which one is better of what you've seen so far? Well, uh, so far I like, uh, I like the black on white for sure. Black 100%. tops, white bottom. Uh, when you say that black on white, that's what you mean? Yeah, yeah, black okay. tops, excuse me. Okay. Black tops, white bottoms. I'm like I'm I have to say, I'm a little frustrated with the jerseys right now. How's that? Um, well my biggest thing is when they showed up, I loved them. Hundred percent. I was thrilled, I was pumped about it. And then uh I saw the schedule, uniform schedule Oh out, yeah. And I was shocked. I mean, nine games with the white top, and that's nine out of 17. That's majority of the game. Mark, how shocked were you? I imagine you're sitting here on the toilet, looking at the Bengals feed. You see all the white. What did you do? Did you clench up? Did you curse? <sighs> what did you do? How pissed were you? I, I, you, know, you know, in reality, I was just confused, and then I saw um, the last game. And I was like, man, those, those jerseys just don't, they don't do it for me because the white tops, um, they just, they, they don't have, they don't have the orange, you know, they don't have any orange. So you prefer the old white tops with the orange shoulders? (sighs) Those were really bad. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I like the whites on white, right? But I know I'm not going to get. From nine games, white on white. So I already know I'm going to be disappointed with the look. 
I mean, I, I, I wonder if in reality they saw the white jersey as like the throwback alternative kind of thing do great in sales because I saw them all over all around the city uh, a lot of people supporting that and they just saw that and tried to kind of mimic it I wonder if that was the inspiration for the jersey change because a lot of it is directly that two colors uh-huh. and uh-huh. You, does, that, does that make sense and now two colors, I don't know yeah. why you know now it's, it, I it's, think, I think, I think Mark and this is Sean jumping in. I think, uh, may, I, I like the new jerseys, but I think what you're hitting at is also the failure of just the combination choices. And they talked yeah, about yeah. how in, in choosing these jerseys, they thought like the whole color rush thing was cool. But the whole point of the color rush was, it was like mostly one color. It was orange on orange, black on black, white on white. Mm-hmm. Like if the mm-hmm. Bengals went 17 games with all the same color tops and bottoms, that would actually be really dope. Like, I think when they wear orange on orange and black on black and white on white, it's dope. And they, if if they chose to do white on white nine times and then black on black and orange on orange, the rest of the games, I I would be totally on board. So at the end of the day, it's probably a failure in marketing and decision-making. If they did that, I think fans would be pumped for the monochrome Jersey choice every week. I I would agree. I think part of it, obviously um, there are some rules with, okay, you're coming to these guys, you know, you, you got to make the jerseys fit. But it, it sounds like we just got the back end of it, doing nine white jerseys. I mean, by far, my favorite is black on black, 100%. We're mean, we're hungry. That looks like a playoff team right there, black on black. It's intimidating. It's, That's what it's you like, right? Intimidating. Yeah. Yo, the, I love it. I love it. Isn't I the even white like jersey the just the aways? I like all yeah, of, I, I, orange on orange is also dope. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I like agree. Black on black during a night game at Paul Brown is the dopest shit. Yeah, well, yeah. I, Paul just asked, "Isn't the white the away?" I'm pretty sure game one they showed we're wearing the white jerseys against Minnesota. Yeah, we uh, we are first three weeks. Yeah, first three week weeks. One, two, three, white jerseys. And then we I'm, got uh, orange against Jacksonville week four. So your ideal yeah. color combo is the black on black, which I get. And, and let me just mm-hmm. reinforce your point here. What is, what is a white tiger? Okay, it's a Siberian tiger. It's not a Bengal tiger. I like to see an orange tiger with black stripes. And then if it's dark and they're in the shadows, I like to see a black tiger with some orange peeking through. I get that. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's intimidating. Mm-hmm. It, it reminisces of an actual animal that might hurt you. The white one, right? it, it just, I don't know. It feels like something well, to fit it, in. It, you know. it doesn't fit with the, uh, the bottom. It doesn't fit, you know, because there's no... Well, I actually I mean, disagree with you there, Mark. I think wa- against Washington, the white tops with black pants look pretty good. I think our black pants are better looking than our white pants. But so, uh, it's pretty clear as a podcast, the Wounded Tiger does not like the whites. I well, don't like the all white might be pretty cool. No, no, no. The one, one we're, just, we're definitely the not the in favor pants. of the whites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the proud exactly. boy. The proud boy. No. <laughs> so, Mark, which well, which New Jersey are you going to buy? Are you going to buy one? And if so, what name number? Like, what are you a are you a Jersey purchaser? Uh, are you anti-white and you're purchasing as well? <laughs> I'm. Uh, if I was going to get Jersey, I, I, I'd get the black, hundred percent. Uh, and who? Who would you get on it? Would you get your name? Oh, T. Higgins. T. Oh, Higgins. Higgins. Yeah. Okay. Higgins. I, I think. I think he's going to be the breakout star for us this year. I love it. Uh, no offense to Chase, but uh, 
I really think Higgins really, really showed up last year for us. Like he really what like put himself up there as a rookie. And I think that Chase being on the field with him is just going to open him up so much more. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to be intimidated by the idea of Chase or thinking that Chase is a deep threat. And honestly, you know, 85 right now, I think he really is going to be the one that's going to spread the field. He's going to, he looks like a combination between Hoosh and Ojo Single to me. Kind of, kind of do it all in a way. Um, he, you know, he's been really know. impressive. And I think what you're saying is right. You know, people are going to be saying, Oh, where's their number five pick? Where's the star? Let me go after him. And then defenses might leave Higgins with not enough coverage. And yeah, he's going to embarrass some people for sure. He's a big boy. Everybody's been really yeah. impressed with his weightlifting on the off season. They say he's coming back and just looking beastly. So I'm excited about him. Yeah. too. Wouldn't it be WT Higgins got two touchdowns in week four against Jacksonville. Against <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is high is college quarterback. That would be fun. And the storyline developed that Trevor Lawrence was only good because of T. Higgins. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, that yeah. would be great. And if it turns out that Higgins like stole his girlfriend back in college or anything All of like that. that, yeah, we'll take that too. Wait, right? what? What jersey would y'all get right now, color and person? Oh, great question. I've I've, I've been thinking about this lately. I've in, got an answer. I was in Dick's. Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams. I'd get <laughs> Fat Randy on the back and then 69. <laughs> Fat Randy 69. <laughs> Jonah Williams with his number, you wouldn't like screw around with the number at all. Just Williams. What number is Jonah Williams? <laughs> Williams? 71. <sighs> that like works Jonas. for me. It's, 71 it's was my middle right. school number, and that then I was 72 in, uh, I think in high school. Number. I don't know if Willie. It's not retired. The white jersey is a great jersey to buy, guys. The white jersey is a great jersey to buy. The white jersey. I would definitely get the yeah. black. Yeah, but you get like mustard stains on it. I would buy John a black. Ford, I believe you're fat Randy. I, if I'm Ball buying a Bengals jersey, I'm buying a black it, Williams jersey. John Ford, what's your choice? Mixon. I mean, Mixon. Hello. Mixon. <laughs> is this Sorry. an ASMR experience? It was just hard to hear. Wait, no, let's, let's, hear lean Joe, forward. let's hear Joe first say Mixon again. It honestly sounded like you said Nixon. I was like, All right, yeah. well. he's a huge Nixon head. John uh, Ford's Nixon. afraid of the mic. He's just our resident uh, Googler. And Jonah Williams is number 73. Okay. I, uh, I would get that number unedited. Nixon. Some of my favorite jerseys are my Dylan jersey and my Eric Bieniemy jersey. I, I like a rude and nasty kind of player. I, Jesse Bates comes to mind for me. My only thing is like I'm scared of all this contract shit, which we'll get into later. And like, what if is he going to be here? I don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a jersey and then he's gone in a year. That you know, I don't yeah, know. His his jersey does look crisp though with the the uh, the three eyes on it. Jesse Bates the third. That's so crisp. Yeah. What I, if his parents yeah. had named him Master, like Master Teague? <laughs> and he was Master Bates three times. Oh, man. <laughs> Died of his own hand. <laughs> Let's just say that the, the good Lord intervened and, and stopped them from doing that. They Thank probably you. tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, before I let you go, uh, what's your predicted record for this year? What do you think the Bengals are going to do out there? 17 games. 12, 4, and 1. I'm going to go 9 and 8. 9 and 8? Middle of the nine pack? 9 and 8. So where, where does that put us in the division? Miss the playoffs with third place? Uh, Is that good enough for honestly, third? Honestly, I think that's going to put us at second. Oh, wow. You think we're going to finish I, second I, place I, in the division at 9 and 8? I, and miss I the think playoffs? we beat out the Browns by a game 
Um, I think. Uh, I love to hear it's that. Be real close. What's that? I love to hear that. Yeah, finish above the Browns. I think people are going to think you're crazy saying that yeah. we're going to finish above the Browns at nine and eight. I don't know. Mikey. I think we'll beat the Browns at nine and eight. I think uh, Steelers are actually going to be at the bottom of the division. Yeah, feels good I, to say that, I, doesn't it? They started eleven and zero last year. It's it's funny it's to say Ravens going to be at top, but you know we beat them. I really, I th- I think there won't be. I think we won't be able to chase the win for the division. I think we'll be chasing the wild card. We'll probably miss it by game and a half, is my guess. Uh, we'll have we'll probably have a lot of close games, a lot of you know win or lose by three points. I, I think the offense is going to carry us. I think the defense is going to be mediocre, and you know. Be the cause for a couple wins, the cause for a couple loses, but um, yeah. Well, that's some real bold predictions there, Marky. I appreciate you tuning in, telling us what you think about the jerseys and, and your predictions. I, yeah. you know, we'll see if you're right at that nine and eight mark. Uh, we're gonna let you go and get into some other things here, but appreciate you yeah. joining. Thanks for listening. All right, Marky. Yes, yeah, thanks for going. All right, homie. Take it easy. Who day? All right, bye. Who All right, we're gonna take a quick break here and meet you on the other side. All right, welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed that brief commercial break. And um, next, we're actually going to kick it to Sean, who had something he saw coming on the news this week that he wanted to uh, discuss. Uh, so there was an altercation during training camp practice uh-huh. uh, this week, uh, or late last week. J- um, Jermaine Pratt. Sunday, right? Sunday? Uh, well, I guess so. Yeah, that, that sounds right. We yeah, played the game on Friday. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so apparently, Joe Mixon and Jermaine Pratt, Joe Mixon running back, Jermaine Pratt linebacker, got into a training camp scuffle during practice. Uh, and uh, it, we saw the video. It looked like just a little bit of shoving, nothing serious. We've seen it happen between Bengals and Steelers plenty of times. Uh, but the talk on Twitter was that it's maybe. Uh, emblematic of the fact that Zach Taylor has no control over the team. Thoughts? Well, okay. So there were stories about Zach Taylor's lack of control last year as well. So it's not kind of like from nowhere that we would hear that, right? I mean, the whole Carlos Dunlop situation, I mean, I I think that kind of came to light that he just didn't have the respect that he, a head coach might deserve. For valid reasons, of course. I mean, he's like 674 and one, so yeah. <laughs> he also clearly doesn't work out regularly, so. <laughs> um, can respect him. He's got no respect in the weight room. So, like, if you're asking me, Sean, like, am I concerned about Zach Taylor's control over the locker room? Right now, no, because in my eyes, it's actually Joe Burrow and Jesse Bates' locker room more than it is Zach's, you know? I, I just want him to be a play caller and, and a game manager, frankly. I don't think in the NFL you need necessarily a head coach to be the motivator when you have a personality like Joe Burrow in the locker room. I, I like that you say Joe Burrow and Jesse Bates. That's exciting. Yeah. I'd love it if Jesse Bates was that. Uh, but I agree. The, we, we will be successful if Joe Burrow can overcome Zach Taylor's incompetence. But <laughs> <laughs> But I think that uh, I think this is a, a yes and situation. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm concerned that? about Zach Taylor's ability to coach our team and control the locker room. And 
This was simply a training camp scuffle. Like it happens all the time. It's not a big deal at all. It actually has nothing to do with Zach Taylor's control of the team. Dudes just do this. Offense, defense, they get into it. Makes sense. Joe Mixon, he's like the voice of the offense. He's always pumping everybody up. He's annoying as fuck to the defenders probably. So this is nothing. And Zach Taylor has no control over this team. <laughs> I think it might be emblematic of just everyone's frustration with how bad the coaching is. They're just fighting in practice. They're like, God damn it, our coaches are so bad. I'm so mad about this. I'm going to fight people. <laughs> I, I, so, okay, let me just point out one thing. I mean, if you reach deep into Joe Mixon's history, he, um, he had an issue in college. You guys may recall he broke. I'm well aware of it. Tell, tell me more. He broke uh, a, a young lady's face. Um, oh, so, I mean, that just illustrates to me bad decision-making, you know, would be one thing, but also like a lack of control. But on the football field, on the practice field, I'm not as worried about that. I mean, the fact that, you know, I, I hope he doesn't turn into the next Ray Rice, right? I, I don't want to be talking about him in that way. He already did. Well, I mean, to where I think Ray Rice had, had repeated episodes that were broadly known, you know, for all we know, this was – one time Joe Mixon made a mistake. I don't know. It's a pretty concerning mistake, but anyway. I he was, uh, Yeah, I think it's different circumstances. Ray Rice was later in his career. I think in this situation, not to, not to, I don't know. Anyway, he, he got drafted after this stuff happened. Like, um, all you can do is move forward. You have to learn from your past. Uh, you have to be accountable for that. Make amends for your mistakes and how you've hurt people. And hopefully he's done that. Uh, but it seems like that's not an issue now with what he's doing in his career. That's Isn't in the past. he like an anti-vaxxer too? That's a, that's a separate issue. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that either. Potentially. I, um, I'm going to have some select, what do you call he's it? He's also the voice of our offense. <laughs> Joe Burrow is the voice of the offense. No, but, but Joe Mixon's a big cheerleader. He's the one that's always like jumping up with people. He's our hype man. Uh, he's a good hype man too. I like him. He's definitely a little more energetic than, than he's Joe. a hell of a player. It's just, you gotta, you know, take into account that he has done some things that are kind of unspeakable and like, you know, you, it's harder to root for him than other players. It's shameful, isn't it? Yeah. I, I hate it when that shit happens. I mean, I, I don't want to pretend like athletes aren't humans and ignore that shit, but oh, he deserves second chances, but like you yeah. have to like bring up the fact that he did something really bad. Yeah. Early in his career. And yeah. then you also have to take into account like CTE and stuff like that. Like all of this stuff matters and you, no one really knows what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows what the scuffle is about? It's a football team. You want them to be getting closer to the regular season and getting more aggressive because in the end, that's what helps you win games. So I, I'm not really concerned about yeah. it. In the end, I think Joe Mixon's past has nothing to do with the scuffle. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I think that was that, me. I brought it up just because yeah. I got to bring it up. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it, you do. It just um, it's illustrative of a lack of control, maybe. I mean, now we all have a lack of control at some point in our past. At some point, I mean, you, you can't always like. I, I I think at a certain point, you don't have to bring shit up anymore. Um, that's just me, but I, I think I think in Joe in relative to Joe Mixon, I think that's far enough in the past that if he gets into a training himself, well, it's not necessary for us to worry about that. But I do think he is also the voice of our 
offense. I do. I think that he's really important. And I think that I actually think it's positive that he's fighting with the defense in practice. Like Joe Mixon is our, is the heart of the, like Joe Burrow obviously is like the golden boy, but Joe Mixon is going to be the dude who's like out there trucking motherfuckers, getting everybody excited. So, uh, all he's shown since he's come to the Bengals is the willingness to be a leader. So in that regard, I think this is great. I think he has. I think he's been a great asset to the team since he's joined us. I love Joe Mixon. (laughs) I don't care about him fighting Jermaine Pratt at all. Like, I don't care about a training camp fight. But I do care, like, if he's an anti-vaxxer and he shows, like, poor decision-making skills. That's not a great thing. Well, I... I like this discourse. I mean, we're going to have to agree to disagree, I guess. We'll, we'll see what else comes next out of Joe Mixon that's not footballing related. I mean, he's awesome as a running back. Yeah, yeah. Well, we I'll say that. He's yeah, really good. Obviously. Yeah. And we hope he trucks that uh, Vikings defense week one. But uh, I'm going to move along. So just a quick update. You know, last week we had the call from LB, which I thought was pretty good, talking about the Joe Mixon, or excuse me, Jesse Jesse Bates, the third contract situation. Uh, Adams out in Seattle, he held out from training camp, and he got his deal done, as LB predicted, to set the market. And I'm just wondering, do the Bengals need to match the Adams contract to, to make Jesse Bates the third the best paid safety in the league or can they get away with something lower should they try to lowball him uh, is this heading for the franchise tag in 2022 i mean those are all the thoughts going around in my head and i guess uh, what i'll speak to is just what i hope happens and what i think the Bengals realize is the right thing to do and that would be to give the man his money before the season starts i think if you wait until next year and do the franchise tag it's going to leave a bad taste in the mouth of said uh, player and that's not what you want to do and you know again lb brought up some good points last week talking about players whose contracts we have extended gino andy aj whitworth even for the uh, first and second round i believe you know we we extended their rookie contracts and and kept them on the team because that's who we want to be as a team is, is to, you know, repay the guys who have, who have performed for us on the field. At least that's what the front office says. They, they, they purport to be a loyal organization. And so right now is the time to prove it. You know, if you're a loyal organization, then give Jesse Basin's money. That's my thoughts on the situation. And yeah, if you fuck around with Jesse Bates's money and odds are he won't be a Bengal much longer. Like he'll he'll leave, so just pay him. Otherwise, we're gonna be out. You know, our best defensive player. And it's such an important position. I'm biased because the one year of organized football I played, I was a safety, and I felt like it was so important. I mean, what is the Bengals' history with the franchise tag? I'm I'm pretty sure we've used it before. Uh, with AJ, most recently, and then right? before that, with who? Like Justin Smith or somebody. We've used uh, it plenty. Yeah, I think, I honestly, I, I kind of see it going that route. The Bengals are stubborn. Uh, I think what's going to happen, I think they won't re-sign him. I think he'll play this year, and we'll see where he ends up. And then I could definitely see the Bengals franchise tagging him and then putting it in his ball, in his court, to see if he wants to hold out. Yeah, but if you do that, that just pisses players off, and then they end up not playing for you long term. Because everyone that gets franchise tags gets mad because they want a long-term deal because they could get hurt tomorrow. So if you don't give him that and he has to play a couple years on one-year contracts, then he's going to be mad and he's going to leave. 
Yeah, I, that's what I'm worried about. That's the road that I do not want the team to take. So I'm, I'm still hoping and praying. We'll see. We got, let's see, 12, 7, 19, 20 days or so until the season opener. And um, you know, we all know at that point it's unlikely a deal will be made during the season. That's um, unlikely to happen. So we're going to kick it over to John Ford now, and we're going to ask the all-important question. John. What have you learned tonight? Hello? Can you, um, I heard or learned that um, <laughs> uh, Jamar Chase doesn't have the yips. I learned that um, Marky likes the monochromatic uniforms. Uniforms. Is this, can you hear me? <laughs> Is this a gone? <laughs> um, I learned, um, oh, yeah, Joe Mixon's not a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer. Um, I learned that Jesse Bates should be named Master Bates. Should get money. And um, that uh, he should, if he gets a franchise tag, somehow that means he won't get paid this year, which I don't understand. <laughs> so I learned something new, but I don't get it. Oh, you get paid. You just only get paid for one year as opposed to having I a I learned something contract. new that I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, but Paul, that explanation made no sense to me. I mean, literally no sense. What you franchise just tag just means that you're doing one year deals with someone instead of like signing them long term. Oh, so it's just like a one year. Yeah. That's it. That's and all he gets it like market value. So he'll get 14 million or something or 15 million. And but then the next year he doesn't have a contract with the Bengals and they can do it maybe one more time. But after that, he's just an unrestricted free agent. But I thought it was a good thing to become a franchise tag guy. Because that sounds shitty. No, it's a way for player. It's a way for teams to control a player, even though they, and they don't want to give them like a long term deal, so they get them for one more year, even though because they're like have cold feet about actually giving them four years or five year deals or whatever. That's so fuck, it's like okay. a it's helpful for teams to do it, but like the players usually get really pissed off about it and then they leave. Gotcha. Because they okay. would rather long term security. Isn't it funny that I thought that it was a good thing for everyone? It's a good it's a good thing for the Browns, you know, family. Well, oh yeah, but I thought it was for everyone. If I, you know, if I've been indoctrinated, you know, just like <laughs> I mean, you get paid. Like, you're getting paid good money, but only for one year. And then if you get hurt that year, then the next year you might not get that good money anymore. Uh, it seems shitty, and I don't like it anymore. I thought I did. Yeah, the marketing of the name franchise tag clearly worked on you, John. Uh, <laughs> so, way to go, NFL execs! You probably earned millions of dollars just to decide on what that name is. Uh, all right, we're going to kick it over to our buddy Paul Katz here. Um, Paul, today you wrote an article, and um, I'm glad you did. I think that's cool. And I want you to go ahead and, and read it to our listeners who may be too lazy to click on to your website and go read it for themselves. Although, if you do want to read it for yourself, I did retweet it. Go ahead and check out our Instagram feed uh, to see it. But, yeah, Paul, why don't you go ahead and spit those words right here? Uh, all right, so this all came about because uh, of the podcast tonight. So I was looked up this stuff a couple hours ago, and then I was writing it out for the podcast, and I'm like, wait, why don't I just actually write this, even though no one looks at my blog, so no one will ever see it, but I figured I'd just write it out. But So here it is. It's called The Bungling is the Culture. I turned on the Bengals preseason game on Friday after the Reds game ended because Votto eats first in this household and Kyle Shermer was playing quarterback for us. Uh, 
I look him up to confirm my suspicions that he was related to Pat Shermer, a mediocre journeyman NFL coach. Yeah, it's his son. Crazy. I then wondered what was the nepotism connection that got Kyle Shermer onto the Bengals roster. Well, my stars. Shermer hired Anarumo. Shermer, the elder, hired Anarumo to be on his staff for the Giants in 2018. So as far as I can tell, as a favor, Anarumo probably lobbied the Bengals to bring Shermer's son onto the team this year because that's how things work in the NFL and also American society at large. It's also how white people get to keep failing upwards seemingly forever. I then went back further so I could see what the Nepo connection was between Anarumo and Zach Taylor. And wouldn't you know, Taylor, Anarumo, and Mike Sherman were all a part of the Dolphins staff in 2012. That Dolphins staff is how Zach Taylor got his big break into NFL coaching because his father-in-law is Mike Sherman, uh, who is also another mediocre journeyman coach for the NFL and in college. And that Mike Sherman was the OC for the Dolphins when Zach Taylor got his big break for the Dolphins. So the Bengals have a bunch of bad coaches because they were all buddies from a bad Dolphins staff like 10 years ago. Not because they earned their jobs on merit. Um, Taylor, Taylor certainly hasn't earned a damn thing considering he was a part of that Tuberville disaster at UC. And Rumo is a career DB's coach that never once was deemed good enough to be a defensive coordinator during his career, but now is for us. And look at the results. They're bad. Uh, back to Shermer, though. Instead of giving a legit QB a shot at being on the roster, we have a trash fail son instead. Those are the kinds of decisions when layered on top of each other that keep the Bengals losing in perpetuity. I mean, look at the top. Mike Brown is a fail son from Paul Brown. Moving downward, Zach Taylor is a fail son-in-law from Mike Sherman. Duke Tobin is a fail son because his dad was like an NFL lifer. So that's how he got his job with the Bengals. Um... The Bengals are just an organization made up of fail sons. Maybe Joe Burrow will save us. Maybe all these fail sons will get him hurt again and we'll be bad forever. Uh, I can hardly wait to find out. Hey, thanks for putting that out there, Paul, and thanks for reading it here. Um, it is concerning, I think, when you point out all those connections with the lack of success. If you've got connections and you're good at what you do and that's what gets you in these positions, I don't think that's a problem. But the fact that there's been the lack of success to go along with it uh, is what makes your article so poignant, I think. Um, so let me ask you this. I've said it on the podcast before. I've told you. I know you roll your eyes. I think the Bengals culture is moving in the right direction. I think uh, old Elizabeth, or young Elizabeth Blackburn has a – a lot of the deserves a lot of the credit for the, some of those switches that have changed. And it, it does seem like the Bengals are trying to catch up at least a little bit with the 21st century and everything that it means to be a modern sports franchise and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I know Paul, you have a different barometer than I do. So <laughs> with uh, this in mind, with the, with this nepotism, with our lack of wins in the recent past, what will it take? For you, Paul Katz, to be convinced that the Bengals' culture has improved to an acceptable level. What's, what's it going to take? I mean, they have to win. If they win, then I have to shut up. But okay. until they win, then this is the reality of it. And they haven't won the last two years with Zach Taylor, so I don't have to shut up yet. But if they have a winning record this year, then maybe I'm wrong. But until then, I'm not. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so if we're 9-8, if we're and eight, like Mark the Shark predicted, then you'll shut up, as you just said? 
No. No. <laughs> because I'll just give Joe Burrow all the credit. <laughs> and I'll Joe. say Zach Taylor's still trash, but Joe Burrow is winning in spite of him. So really, I'm in a win-win situation. <laughs> Zach Taylor's going to be trash forever. But, I mean, let's be honest, though, because we all share oh, frustrations you know with the Mike Brown family. If we win a playoff game with Zach Taylor, then I have to shut up. If you win a yeah. playoff game with like, oh, yeah, you got to shut up forever. If Taylor wins a like playoff a game? <laughs> if Zach Until Taylor gets year. like 13 wins in a season, then you're like, okay. Like, but they have to win a playoff game. And then a playoff game, yeah. But that's that's the bar. And that's fair. That's fair. I think as sports fans, you should expect your team to be competitive. You know, and, and until then, he's atrocious and should be fired. <laughs> and we understand there are rebuilding years, and you know it's not easy to be a competitive team every year because it's year three. of all the parity. But yeah, right now, thank you. It, it, it's year three for Zach Taylor. He's he's got his players. He's he's got off the dead wood. I mean, one, two, three strikes. You're out. <laughs> Sean's not optimistic. But, you know, uh, all the people from the Marvin era are, are pretty much gone. Except for, Jesse Bates. Except for, yeah, Jesse Bates was drafted by Marvin. Um, we got Clark Harris and Ke- Kevin Huber in there, uh, some holdovers. But, you know, as far as the influential guys on the team who who really pump out the wins and losses, it's, it's Zach's team. So he's got to put up or shut up this year, uh, in my humble opinion. Yeah, the only part of the team that's been successful this preseason is the special teams. Marvin Lewis holdovers, Darren Simmons, Kevin Huber, Clark Harris. But that's because Fat Randy and Zach Taylor are the same person. So yeah. Fat Randy's coaching the special teams. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Damn Fat Randy. <laughs> and that one was for you, sweet Rick, if you're listening. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for tonight. Tune in next time. We're going to um, talk about our third and final preseason game against the Miami Dolphins. Don't forget, mark your calendars for our live edition of the Wounded Tiger podcast. Yes, live, in person. You can be there. You can see all the guys. Paul Katz is going to be there. Sean Krabs is going to be there. I never confirmed that. <laughs> Paul Katz may be there. John Ford will be there. Sweet Rick will be there. I'm sure Dean will be there. I'm not sure if we'll give him a mic, but he'll be there and he'll be having a good time. So please come to Fretboard Brewery in Blue Ash on Monday, September 27th. Be there, be square. 7 p.m. is when it starts. Monday, September 27th. We're just over a month out. So go ahead and mark your calendars. Also, Wounded Tiger Swag will be available soon. You heard right. Wounded Tiger Swag. We're talking hats. We're talking hoodies. We're talking shirts, socks, underwear, bandanas, whatever whatever you like, we will make it and it'll be available. So stay tuned for that. We're going to put a link in the social media, which by the way, if you're not following us already, you can get us on Instagram and Twitter at wounded tiger five one three. And we're also on facebook.com forward slash wounded tiger five one three. So please link up, follow us, look for the update. And until next time, who Are we gonna have a fat Randy Yeah. 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 Jane gold all in my chain. Gold all in my ring. All in my watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Nigga, 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 don't believe me, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Nigga, 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 don't believe me, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Gold all in my chain. Gold all in my ring. Gold all in my watch. Don't believe me, just watch.
ain't for no fuck, nigga. You a real nigga, then fuck with me. This one for the hood, nigga. Hips of bitches that shop at Lennox. Dark skin, light skin, Asian and white women. Hype beast, we know about you. Don't buy shoes unless they're popular. For the hoes, my nigga. That's pussy popping that magic city. Got the strong, my nigga. Then call match that shit with me. Smoking me, my nigga. Then don't pass that shit to me. This one for my niggas. And bitches buy that money. Gotta love, trust a bridge. Them bad hoes at Onyx. With no snitches, so don't tell me who tellin'. Nope. This one for them colleges, them bad hoes that spell. Shout out to them freshmen on Instagram, straight flexin'. Pop the molly, I'm sweat. Pop the molly, I'm sweat. Mama always told me, boy, count your blessings. In God, I trust, so I kept counting them frankles. I'm too fly. You know this, let me give your ass a checklist One gold watch, two gold chains, six gold rings, it's nothing OG joints, them hot socks, no shirt on, I'm stunt okay. And this song for them fuck niggas who hatin' on you this summer fuck Talk shit behind your back, but won't say shit in public fuck. Gold all in my chain, gold all in my ring Gold all in my watch don't believe me, just watch, nigga, nigga, nigga. Don't believe me, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch, nigga, nigga, nigga. Don't believe me, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Gold all in my chain, gold all in my ring, gold all in my watch. Don't believe me, just watch.